You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, back with you all after the holiday weekend. We will have three podcasts this week. Maybe another one to make up for last week as well. We'll see. But at least three. We'll likely be back tomorrow. And then Friday, taken off of Thursday. And we've got a lot to get to. We're going to have some fun this week and next week. We're going to do an all-time New Orleans basketball franchise, the Hornets, Pelicans, and a little bit of the Jazz, an all-time team. So we'll be debating who makes it on there, talking about the merits of some of those guys. Some are obvious. Some are not so obvious. And some are just, I don't know if I want to put them on there or not for various reasons. And I'm going to ask you all this on Twitter later today as well. So we'll have some fun with that. We'll try and line up some guests for that as well. But today's more about some of the news that we're going to be looking at. Uh, Some news with the EuroLeague, some updates on when the NBA might be returning, and are the Pelicans going to be playing? So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Before all that, though, today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Let's start in Europe. They've gotten their sports leagues up and running a little bit sooner than we have here in the United States with the Bundesliga, the German Soccer League, having some success. And you've been watching those games if you've just been hankering for sports or something to bet on. And that league, by the way, of all the the European leagues, is one of the more fun ones to watch. So it's been cool to see that kind of get its moment in the spotlight. But they've returned. They've had some people test positive, but they've largely kind of figured it out. And you would expect other leagues to emulate that model as well. Well, not so for EuroLeague and EuroBasket, the Euro Cup seasons. Those have been ended due to coronavirus. The 2020 uh, EuroLeague and Euro Cup seasons, which are essentially the, if you're a soccer guy, we can keep that analogy going in person, I should say. That is the Champions League of all of that. That you have your Italian league, your German league, where you know a number of guys have played, um, Darius Miller included. Same thing with uh, Nicolo Melli, who also played in Italy as well. You have league, Turkish league, all of those leagues, and then the basically the winners and some of the other teams play in a Champions League style tournament, which is the Euro League and the Euro Cup. Those have both been canceled for the rest of the season, so those will not be starting back up. The two competitions basically had been on the same schedule as the NBA, postponed starting on March 12th. And, you know, people wanted to wait, but it just seems like it's a little bit unfeasible. It's different than maybe some of the other leagues because there's more international travel involved in that sort of thing. It's one thing to take all of your teams and put them in a bubble um, like the NBA is going to be doing, which we'll talk about coming up. But it's a little bit more difficult when you need to travel across country lines. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest reasons why you've seen them uh, postpone these and then cancel these because it's just too many moving pieces and not nearly as easy as it might seem. So this makes a little bit of sense, and they're going to start up next year where some teams get screwed in this, and this is kind of what the NBA is trying to avoid, I think, 
think, making it this unfair for a number of teams, that the same teams who were in it this year are going to be in it next year. So regardless of where the domestic league stood, maybe a team went from the middle of the table to the top, they're not going to get in next year when they would have been, which hurts them financially, certainly. Usually, at least in the Champions League, you want those places because there's so much money at stake in it. But this is just, it sucks. It's unfair. And as I said at the start of all this, maybe unfair decisions were going to have to get made in the uh, essence of like public safety and getting some money back in the league and just getting things done. This one's worse than anything I thought could have happened in the NBA. The NBA at least is kind of looking at all the different scenarios to make it as fair as possible, which again, we'll talk about, well, we'll just do that. Why don't we go to that in the next segment coming up here in just a moment. So today's show brought to you by Built Bar. You've heard me raving about these things, and there's a reason for it. They're basically just awesome. They taste delicious. They taste like a candy bar, but they're actually a protein bar. So they're great for you after workouts as a meal replacement, basically whatever you need. These things are fantastic. I've been using them for my lunch after I work out in the middle of the day, and they are fantastic. Again, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're great for the health-conscious person if you want to lose or maintain weight while also eating something that isn't absolutely miserable. I used to usually do a bar for lunch as well when I would be in my office and you've got to chug those down like a bottle of water after with those things because they're chalky, they're dry, they leave you almost like gasping for air it feels like. Built Bars don't do that. They taste delicious. They're low calorie, low sugar with high protein and high fiber. 20 grams of protein, 170 calories or you can go with the 15 grams of protein and 110 calorie bars. I just reordered recently after getting sent a free box of them. That's how much I liked these things. I got the uh, raspberry chocolate cream, the salted caramel, and the almond toffee. They taste really, really good. And if you want to try them, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off over at BuiltBar.com. So the Disney plan for the NBA seems to be moving forward. And I think if you had to pick a target date, it looks like it probably is going to be July 20th or so that maybe we get a return of sports, which would be great, which would be really, really cool. We're all really excited about that. But what does it look like logistically in, in terms of like who's coming back? Are the Warriors coming back? Are some of the other teams coming back? Are they going to give the Pelicans enough of a chance to make the playoffs to justify all of this? First and foremost, they don't need to have a number of games to justify this. If the players want to play, even if it is for a game or two, because they are realizing the importance of it to the long-term health of the salary cap in their contracts, that's enough justification. It really, really is. It can really be that simple. If they want to take on some of the risks that come with going back into a, you know, a large crowd of people, they, they can to an extent, I think. And if the NBA is going to do this as kind of this bubble model, this campus model of keeping people just at Disney World, it could work. They've talked about these guys being able to leave campus and then come back. That's actually a concern to me, certainly. But if you can minimize that and minimize the risk as much as possible and players are willing to do it, it's tough to justify saying no or that this is a you know bad idea necessarily. You still could, but I think you'll get where I'm coming from with this. So the question then becomes, well, even if you know all of the players want to come back, even you know guys on the Warriors or other teams, the Cavs, you know, the Knicks, all of those really bad teams, do you do you do it still? And I think the answer is yes, because it's just more games, more things for people to watch. It generates more interest in what's going on here. 
And so I think you'll see the majority of teams coming back. Maybe some kind of make a collective decision to say no, where the league thinks that having more teams there is more of a liability and a risk than they want. And maybe they don't bring back some of those really out-of-it teams. But a team like the Pelicans that are kind of on the bubble, they're in that gray area. They're not in the playoffs. They're not out of the playoffs. It sounds like they want to come back. David Griffin, in the media availability he had a week or so ago, talked about it, saying, we think we're going to get enough games where we can do some damage. That sounds like a guy who wants to have his team play to fight and to try and get into the playoffs. I think the importance of making it into the playoffs, which I would have thought actually before were pretty important. I wasn't one of those people that was downplaying that. I think that would have been really important for the growth of the team and for the success of the season, even though I think they had done well already. But I think, you know, getting in now, it's just different and I don't really care either way. And I don't think it's necessarily going to add a whole lot because this just isn't the normal environment that these guys would be in. And if you're not in your normal environment, how much does it actually benefit you, I think, is part of my thinking on that. But still, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to have the Pelicans get in there. And if they do get in there, their chances of a title this year are much greater than it would have been otherwise. So for those reasons alone, I'm on board with it because we've got a better chance at Zion winning a NBA championship in his rookie year. So that sounds good to me. I think they will find some way to strike the right balance. I don't think they want to screw teams over completely like the uh, Euro League did and the Euro Cup did overseas. I think they want to kind of do what's right, maintain competitive balance, competitive integrity maybe is the right word for this sort of thing. And that's important to them. It sends, uh, you know, it sets the tone, sends a message for the rest of the league that, you know, it's not just the teams at the top that they care about, which has been some, you know, a little bit of the criticism of the league, but all of them. So I think the Pelicans, you know, 70 is the target number because that's what it takes for regional networks to fulfill their require for the NBA to fulfill their requirement to regional networks. So there's a lot of money at stake there by playing 70 games. But if you can do more, I think that then means you can bring more teams back. And maybe those teams don't try as hard, but at least they're there. And these guys have a shit ton of pride. So I don't think that if they go out there, they're just going to give up and not play. That's just not how these guys are wired. So I think you'll see some real NBA basketball get played in that, yeah, this should work. Of all of the options being considered and things looked at, this really, really should work. And so I think we're going to see some NBA basketball with the Pelicans having a chance, a realistic chance of getting into the playoffs. Today's show also brought to you by Blinkist. Blinkist has been my secret weapon, essentially, during this whole quarantine. It's rare that you find time to really focus on self-improvement. We're all busy with jobs. The NBA, is, you know, even covering it on the side is like another full-time job. Watching it and going to games is like a full-time job at times. So it can be tough to find time to kind of just do the things you want to do during the regular season and hopefully the playoffs. But Blinkist really helps with a lot of the self-improvement aspect. Use this time wisely. Make the most of it and try and come out better than where you started. And Blinkist has been helping me with that. Uh, and it's it's just an incredible app and it basically solves this problem and I highly recommend it. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. So when you're back in the office, your commute, you can listen to this and it will make things a little bit easier for you. You know, successful people, business leaders are known for consuming more information, knowledge, reading a lot. It's tough. Again, you don't really always have the time to, but Blinkist, it'll make it just 15 minutes for you and 12 million people are taking advantage of this right 
now. So with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for just one low price. Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com NBA to start your seven day free trial. You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. So wrapping up today's show, briefly want to touch on the passing of Jerry Sloan, former jazz head coach who you might have seen most recently in the Last Dance, the Jordan documentary with the Utah Jazz where he took him to back-to-back NBA finals, losing to the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. This is a guy that I think is like one of my favorite coaches of all time. And I'm, you know, in a, in a weird way with all of this I just really liked this guy and he had a 23 year run with the Jazz where just the teams really reflected the coach when you try and have like the right synergy between how a team plays how a team's made up all of that stuff is reflected in their head coach this is the definition of what you try and hope for the Pelicans are trying to emulate this to some degree with Alvin Gentry. They want a fast-paced team that really believes in a system that's a little bit laid back and a whole lot of fun, which is Alvin Gentry. You know, they're trying to kind of do it, albeit with, you know, less success than the Jazz had. But this is a guy who is an all-time great, never won an NBA Finals with the Jazz, but got there twice, coached some Hall of Famers, and goes down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And if you look at some of those those two Jazz teams, maybe that second one, the one from, what, 98, that 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 easily could have been maybe one of the best teams, if not the best team that never won an NBA title, title but finished runner-up. Big fan of those Jazz teams, big fan of Jerry Sloan. Kind of got the shaft when he got run out by Darren Williams in Utah, and then Williams was later traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and his career did not go the way that he probably thought it was. It was kind of a, a sad ending for Jerry Sloan there in Utah after just a legendary run. There's no other way to put it. Uh, So that was kind of sad news to see the other day. And so kind of thoughts go out to him and his family. So this week we will be doing, and next week too, kind of a best of uh, franchise roster here I think is the way to go with this. And I think maybe the way to do it is going to be to do it where like they do the all-star roster where basically you've got two uh, guards and three front court players as your starters. Then your reserves are two more guards, three more front court players, however you want to kind of do those positions. And then you add in two wild cards. And I think that's the methodology that we are going to go with this. So it's going to be a 12-man roster, four guards, six front court players uh, minimum, and then two wild cards for whoever we deem necessary starting lineup shouldn't be that hard to kind of figure out put together but it's some of the reserves that are going to be a little bit interesting and that's because there just hasn't been a ton of history here you know uh, how many guys have played four plus seasons for this franchise it's very it's, it's not that many and so I think that's where things kind of get interesting. Like, wait, we'll probably spend an episode about this, and I'm going to be curious to see what you all think. Does Marcus Cousins make the 12 best players in franchise history? Even with the X and some of all that stuff that went on there, for his on-court stuff, does he make the all-time 12 greatest New Orleans basketball players? 
valid question, right? I'm not sure of the answer, and I got to spend some time thinking about this one a little bit more. But that's like the biggest one I've got, and we're going to probably spend a whole episode kind of debating that later on as we get into this. So we'll start with this in tomorrow's show and continue it on Friday and go into next week as well. And I'll get your input on Twitter. And if you've got a case for someone, whether it's a starter, whether it's a reserve, or someone who needs to be left off, let me know on Twitter at Nola Jake. And that's probably as good of a spot to end it here. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Those things are really good. I use those. I eat them every single day now. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow. 